At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Man, we're really excited to be here. It's awesome to get started. And so now we take off. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Otterman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Well, the weather tried its hardest to put a damper on day two of Steelers practice yesterday up at Latrobe, but Mike Tomlin wasn't having any of it. Labs, it was a torrential downpour at the start of practice at 155, and it kept going for a decent bit there until about 2.19 p.m. when the worst of it finally subsided, but... He said so much in his post-practice press conference, and you could just tell by the look on his face, Tomlin likes that kind of stuff. He likes seeing some of that adversity really early. Yeah, and, um, you know, as I, as we've talked before previously a little bit, he's he's completely different than Bill Cower in that respect. Um, you know, Bill Cower was always someone who did not um, like to deal with inclement weather at uh, training camp. Um, you know, Cower would move things into the gym fairly regularly. I won't say, you know, every time it rained, but certainly on a day like yesterday, um, the, they would have been in the gym. But, um, you know, if there is no lightning, uh, Mike Tomlin will remain outside. And the only other thing that would kind of um, push him off the field is if, uh, the, the grass is, is in danger of being ruined, you know, because the rosters right. are 90. If the fields are like a little soggy or moist from days of rain, you get 90 guys on it. I mean, it can ruin it pretty quick. And, um, you know, there's not a lot you can do if you ruin a field at this stage of the process because, you know, you need it every day. So, you know, those are the two considerations that he will keep in mind if, um, a decision has to be made with regards to do we stay um, out here or do we go into the gym. Now, the other recent development is, let's say, see, because I, I always got to remember about the pandemic and we haven't been here for three years. So <laughs> I'd say about maybe five years ago, um, there was a, the, the way the fields are set up for, for those who haven't been here. There's three grass fields, uh, full fields right next to each other, and then um, kind of adjacent to those, 
caddy corner maybe is a one artificial turf field and that's the uh, college uses the, that for things like soccer lacrosse right you know that kind of stuff okay so that uh, artificial turf field was not in very good shape until uh, it was redone um i'm sure the steelers have a, pretty <laughs> a little bit of a say in that <laughs> or responsibility to making sure uh that the bills got paid so anyway um that now is a is a newer uh, turf surface. So uh, because that was that was a situation where before they redid it, um, the players after a day or two on that, if it was necessary, you saw a lot of guys even get, getting a maintenance day or you know uh, whatever moving slowly because that that was just tough on the joints. But now it's it's. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, it's it's such an advantage when you can go over to that turf and you, you don't have to do things like where you have to sit into a cramped gym or just go break down film. Or Dale was even telling me the other day that in the way in the past, they've loaded up before and tried to bust to the south side to go into the indoor facility because it was raining and it was just such a bad storm. I mean, you'd much rather just waddle over towards the turf field and have practice on a turf field that is about. 100 yards away from where you usually practice than any of all of yeah. that. So it's such a good and, advantage to upgrade that field and have that as an option. Right. And uh, before, you know, the, the redone one, I mean, be, beyond the south side, I mean, there was um, one summer, you know, getting on buses and going to high schools oh. around here. Penn Trafford uh, was one that I remembered uh, clearly. But, yeah, you don't want to do any of that. Getting on buses – uh, except for Friday Night Lights, which is, <clears throat> which is just like over the hill from here. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's brutal. Uh, I'm sure for the players and you know those of us who have to go over there and watch that and then write about it or talk about it or any of that stuff, you know, it just adds on to a already long and uncom- often uncomfortable day. Well, the Steelers did get their full practice in, including the return of seven shots. Labs, we noted yesterday that it was not around on Wednesday's first practice of training camp. It came back yesterday, Thursday, second day of training camp practice. And the quarterback battle's over, right? Mitch is the guy. Three points for the offense and seven <laughs> shots to Mason's one. That's three to one scoreboard. Yeah, what I haven't heard yet, though, is, uh, you know, let me break this, break this down. There was one. Um, kind of, and there's there's often a lot of arguing uh, <laughs> among the offense versus defense because you know there are no officials and Garrett Guimont, the strength and conditioning coach, often is charged with that really thankless job of you know did he catch it or not? Was he over the plane or not? Um, and we've seen professional NFL <laughs> officials uh, mangle that decision enough times to know that you know if you're one person without necessarily a good angle um it can be difficult so just to break it down you know the, the of the seven uh, it started with um Mr. Trubisky opened um and so the first play was a touchdown pass to Chase Cape Claypool one nothing uh next snap Trubisky threw a nice pass over the middle to Zach Gentry but you know, from where I was standing watching, and I was watching it with the binoculars, I didn't think Gentry had, you know, tucked the ball away. Uh, it was, it wasn't bobbling, 
but it, it also wasn't, you know, they, and uh, officials call it securing the catch. Yeah. I didn't think he had secured the catch, and Devin Bush made a really nice, quick, uh, came across the middle, and as Gentry was trying to gather it, it seemed to me anyway that Bush just pulled it out of his hands. Well, that's great it was to hear a, for people, I'm sure. It would have been an interception if it was, you know, the, uh, the ruling would have been he didn't secure the catch yet. So there was a lot of arguing with that. <laughs> and, and then oftentimes Mike Tomlin will give it to the unit that needs the point more than the other. So <laughs> since you don't want it to be 2 nothing offense, you give it to the defense so it's one-to-one. So that's the way I, I had scored it as well, knowing that he likes to do that. And then usually what will happen is in the evening's uh, film review of practice, there will be some sort of resolution that comes out of that. Now, maybe we find out today probably the only way would be, you know, somebody from the defense chirping about it. Um, but, you know, who knows? But anyway, for, for the purpose of scoring the competition yesterday and, you know, um, dragging out the drama, let's make it one-to-one. Uh, then on the third one, um, Trubisky completed a pass to Anthony Miller, two-to-one for the offense. Um, then uh, he did throw another pass to Gentry. He caught that one cleanly immediately three to one offense and then Trubisky was done uh, and Mason Rudolph came in so uh, Rudolph threw incomplete to Steven Sims that makes it three to two um, ne- the next pass Rudolph to Kevin Rader was broken up by Trey Norwood so it's a three three tie this is and this is what Tomlin likes the most yeah game you know, seven. three three game seven right um, and then Rudolph threw a completed a pass to Tyler Vaughn's in the end zone, touchdown, 4-3 offense. And seriously, <laughs> the reaction to that on the field was like, he said to them, you're off tomorrow. You know I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, these guys get excited for this way more than it deserves. But again, that's what you want to see, a uh, high level of uh, competitiveness and then um, glee from the winners and, angst and anger from the losers and you know can't wait to get back at it the next time so yeah seven shots was back i don't really know why it went away but um it has been pretty much trubisky and rudolph getting the chances in seven shots not a lot of reps so far uh throughout the off season and even uh, into this training camp obviously this was the first one but for kenny pickett and Chris Oladokun, by the way, just for all those people who want to get rid of Mason Rudolph as soon as possible, he has not taken a snap. In nothing, in team right? Drills. Not yeah. a single thing no, no. in team drills. No, not a single thing, correct. Not a single thing in team drills. Not a snap. So, you know, just letting you know. Now, I have to assume most of our listeners out there are more interested in the quarterback that we didn't talk about in our recapping of seven shots than the two that we did. Uh, shouldn't be much concern for Kenny Pickett not getting into seven shots at all. Uh, it's super early in his process, and I don't see that as being permanent. Do you? He'll, he'll get a, a go at seven shots eventually here in camp. Oh uh, yeah, I mean he'll he'll get a shot at everything. But <clears throat> right now, um, and I know that this will um, not please a lot of fans and or listeners. Um, Mason Rudolph's the best quarterback in this camp right now. Mm. 
Including over Mitch. And, wow. Yeah, I mean, um, Rudolph has been the most consistent. Um, he has been decisive. And he, uh, of the three, he has been most willing to push the ball down the field. You know, a lot of um, a lot of Kenny Pickett stuff. You know, he's playing like a rookie. He's a rookie, yeah. and he's playing like one. I mean, a lot of check down stuff, safe, easy. You know, a lot of the things that um, Rudolph was getting criticized for, uh, you're seeing from from Kenny Pickett. You know, checking down, patting the ball a little bit, maybe too much, um, waiting for receivers to be open like they used to be open maybe in college, and you're never going to see that in the NFL because um, the defenses are just too good. So, uh, you know, it's a process, and uh, I'm not I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett isn't, you know, anything, a disappointment or any of that stuff, but it's, it, you know, people have to understand that the game is different, um, and he is, he is having, he is having to adjust. And, uh, um, and Trubisky, he has been a little erratic okay. in terms of ball location and think erratic is the word that I would use for him. And, um, he also, I think is trying not to be careless. So, uh, I won't say he's tentative, but he is playing it safe. A lot of, you know, uh, outlets, uh, check downs, those kinds of things. I think, and I don't know this, it just seems to me watching Mason Rudolph figures, hey, I got nothing to lose. Let it rip, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Go down, you know, leave, uh, fire all the bullets in your gun before they, you know, trade you to Jacksonville or whatever. <laughs> because that seems to be, um, you know, what fans expect and or want. You know, to your point, in the seven-on-seven seven drill that they did, uh, Rudolph had the deepest connection with Gunnar Olszewski down the left sideline with Norwood in coverage, so very evident that he's trying to push the ball down the field, and, you know, that's kind of been the credence from Steelers coaching this year. You know, we do want to have an offense that pushes the ball down the field more, so I, I do get why Trubisky, and I do especially get why Kenny might be being a little bit more conservative, but when it comes to Mitch in particular, the coaching staff's going to want to start beating some of that conservative stuff. you got to start pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. We brought in a younger quarterback this year making this transition when Ben retired to push the ball down the field a little bit more consistently. So the check down stuff's probably not going to fly for too, too long. Or if he keeps doing it too much, then maybe Mason does start to creep up on Mitch a little more than we expected. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's going to be something worth watching. I mean, I, I'm sure that uh, well, let me say this. I would uh, believe that uh, what you say about Trubisky becomes true as he gets, I won't say comfortable because the guy is a, has been an NFL starter. He should be um, you know, comfortable enough, even though it's a new offense with new teammates, to you know, to understand some of the things uh, that uh, a veteran quarterback needs to understand to succeed at this level. So um, we're gonna see. I I I, I haven't said. I, I no. Let me I, I'll, let me say. I haven't seen anything from Trubisky to say that they shouldn't assign him or he's a bust okay. or you know any of that stuff. But um, Rudolph has been the best quarterback, and it's. I don't think it's really that much of a stretch to make that point. 
Well, we like to be very positive on this show. I know you're a super positive guy. So looking at Kenny Pickett, <laughs> looking at Kenny Pickett, glass half full. You know, rough start to eleven on eleven. Again, I think he had a couple uh, of rough plays in 11-on-11 yesterday as well, but he was intercepted in his first pass by rookie uh, free agent D-back Chris Steele. Next snap, ball batted down by six foot five outside linebacker Delonte Scott. But, as you noted in your practice report, followed those two plays up with back-to-back completions in the same drill. So if you're going to look at things glass half full, you want to have a starting quarterback that has a short memory in the NFL, someone that can shake off a couple bad plays and make a couple of positive ones, and in a very, very, very small vacuum without pads on, Kenny at least illustrated his ability to do that, to not let an interception and a batted ball really get to him and have his whole you know, session in 11-on-11 spiral because of it. Yeah, and that what I'm sure what he was told, though, was you know, the batted ball is one thing. The interception is, you know, you don't get a... In, in camp, uh, you throw an interception and you're, you immediately go back into the huddle and they, you run another play so you get a chance That's to a redeem point, yourself. Yeah. In a game, um, <laughs> you know, they might be ringing up the scoreboard before you get back onto the field. And then you're getting the hairy eyeball from the coaching staff, your defensive teammates, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So um, it, the, the, the turnovers, I, I, I can just imagine – that that is the most um, egregious offense uh, that you can have, regardless of whether it's practice or a preseason game, or you know certainly it ratchets up when the games count in the standings, or you know it's one and one win or go home in the playoffs. He's going to have to. I don't know. I don't know. Want to say that he's going to have to learn that because I'm sure he's been playing quarterback long enough to understand you know how bad those kinds of things are. But um, it, it's as bad as it was for him in college um, times 10 mm-hmm. now. When we come back, we're going to hear from Coach Tomlin and his thoughts post-day two practice. And we're also going to talk about some rotations at the offensive line and at the middle linebacker position with the first team units uh, for both of those position groups respectively. So that's all on the way next here on the training camp report right here on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Day three of Steelers Training Camp practice up at Latrobe scheduled to start at 1.55 today. Labs, I know you like to put on your meteorologist hat when you're up at St. Vincent's. <laughs> Weather looking good. I know you have the radar plastered onto your wall via projection 24-7 when you walk into your room up at uh, St. Vincent's in the dormitories. So w- what's the radar looking like? Um, well, see, this, the thing about uh, Latrobe is that um, if you don't like the weather, you know, wait 15 minutes and it, it may change. <laughs> it certainly was the case uh, yesterday. So, right. So um, right now, there's it's nothing. There is no anything going on. It's uh, one of the things I will say, though, since uh, we're talking about the weather, the temperatures have been uh, very, very mild for this time of the year in this particular little uh, slice of heaven. Um, the humidity has <laughs> not been, except for on the days it rains, obviously, because then the humidity is high. But uh, it hasn't been that take-your-breath-away Southeast Asia feel to it. Uh, and, you know, the high temperatures, right now it's only 70 degrees, which uh, it's only 9 here, 30 about. 
Uh, so 70, you know, it's not, I'm not going to say it's cold, but, you know, the high today is only uh, supposed to be uh, in the in the high 70s. So <laughs> I know someone who's not pleased about that. Uh, and he's usually the guy at practice all dressed in black every day. So um, he what did he say? The, he, he said the first couple of days he used the term. This is heat acclimation period. We want to get acclimated right. to the heat. Oh, not going according to plan there, coach. Well, right. Um, so, you know, today's forecast, and I don't want to, you know, scare any fans away or, or anything, but um, <laughs> reading off the uh, National Weather Service uh, website, uh, a chance of showers with thunderstorms also possible after 2 p.m., which practice starts at 1.55. Perfect timing. So perfect timing. Um, so we'll have to see. But, you know, then, then the forecast goes on to say that the chance of precipitation is 30%. So that's a pretty low number, uh, and certainly yesterday, looking at the sky around mm, early afternoon, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, well, I don't care what the percentage is, it's 100% chance going to rain because it looked, it was very gray and ominous looking up into the sky. And it did not keep so, the fans away yesterday. We should make a note of that. No, they were still out in yeah. force at Chuck Knoll Field. And let me let me say this too. For, and um, I'm sure some left. You know, it's hard to gauge, but there were a lot of fans uh, gathered in clusters under trees, and it was okay to do that yesterday because it was just rain. There was no thunder. There was no lightning. Uh, not a lot of wind either. Um, so you know, hardy fans because uh, the, uh, during a couple of periods, four minute periods over the course of the wet, the bad weather, uh, that rain was coming down. I mean, it was like someone turned on a hose. Um, so I don't think I would have been that hardy to, to stay through that. But then the other thing you have to consider is by the time you walk to your car, uh, you're probably as wet as you're going to be. So you might as well just, you know, stick <laughs> it out. Uh, tough decision, but you're right. A lot of fans came. And at the end of practice, uh, there was still a decent number waiting for autographs. No question about it. Heard Najee's name called a ton from fans around the fences as they were trying to get the star running back over to sign some things. Uh, we mentioned practice today starts at 155. That's day three practice for the Steelers. Coach Tomlin spoke to the media after practice yesterday. Uh, day two session wrapped up. Let's hear what Coach had to say right here on SNR. Really good developmental day for us. Um, I love the uncertainty of the weather, man. It, it forces us to be light on our feet and adaptable. It challenges them from a, from a mindset standpoint. And, and so it's just opportunities to teach and to learn and for guys to display their football character and their enthusiasm and passion for the game in spite of whatever adversity um, the elements of the game may present. And so uh, we're appreciative of it. Um, when the weather is less than ideal, man, it's a great opportunity for defenders to ball search. It's a great opportunity for offensive guys to focus on ball security and making routine-like plays routinely. And so there's some, some coaching points and some things to look at tonight based on what transpired, man. But all in all, days like today are good because uh, they provide that platform to grow. Um, from a health standpoint, not a lot new to talk about. Uh, Fryermuth uh, didn't finish the last period or two. He experienced some lower body tightness. We'll exercise that necessary precaution, get him evaluated, and, and not let a small thing become a big thing. Other than that, it's kind of status quo on some of those guys. 
uh, that we mentioned yesterday, Killer Brew, and so forth. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Got a little feisty out there. Is that good right We're in camp. Uh, it's a part of development and doing so appropriately. And so displaying that passion, but also using those displays as an opportunity to teach and learn. And, and that's also what we're doing here. The last couple days, Mike, with TJ's out there doing TJ things, are you, uh, are you happy to see that? Or are you almost like, man, we can't even get a snap in sometimes? I am not going to discourage TJ from being TJ. Mike, he was the only one signed from last year as a position. What have you gotten from Mason Rudolph and OTA's minicamp for two days out here? Rudolph? Yeah. He's been Mason. Um, he, he's taken advantage of the opportunities. He's been detailed. He's doing a good job of communicating with others. He's been competitive. Um, not anything out of, the, out of the usual in terms of uh, his approach to business. Today, you're going to name a quarterback after day two? Uh, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Did you get all the work in that you wanted to? Did you we did. We absolutely did. We got every snap today, thankfully. What have you seen so far from uh, Pickens and Austin? Um, Pickens and Austin? Yeah. They're doing a really good job, man. They get an opportunity to get some reps. Um, there's some mistakes, but that's part of the process. Um, do they not make the same mistake twice? How did they learn from those mistakes? And when they're less than certain, do they still play at full speed? I think those are certain things that you look for at the wide receiver position, and, and they're getting an opportunity to learn those lessons and display their skills. Mike, some of the veterans too, Boykin and Miller, looks like they're accepting an opportunity here. Absolutely. Anyone else? You said ball security was a focus, and given the weather, there was a couple turnovers. How do you kind of rate how that went? You know, when you're working good on good or Steelers versus Steelers, when someone's success is someone else's failure. So I, didn't, I don't over-evaluate that. If they took care of the ball today, we'd be talking about why didn't the defense get it. And so that's the nature of team development. You know, like Spons, you know how you got from like a rookie to being one of the veterans on the line already? Is he taking that step? I'm not going to go so far as to acknowledge what you just said. <laughs> Anyone else? Look what's Spillane. Brings you. What does he bring you? Maybe that the other other guys don't. Um, I, I don't. I hadn't thought about it in that way. I'm really just focusing on getting him better, man. It's it's been a nice maturation process for him. Um, he asks good questions. He's a football guy. He's a junkie. Um, you're starting to see that turn up in his play, and I think that's a reasonable expectation for a guy that 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 has that attention to detail and that passion for the game. That's Coach Tomlin speaking to the media after Steelers practice uh, yesterday. Labs, a little less enthusiastic there about the quarterback question, huh? He was having a good old chuckle about it <laughs> day one, but day two, I don't. I said to ask me tomorrow, but I don't think you got that I was joking about that. <clears throat> right. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, let me just say this. Uh, I, I agree with you 100%. It was funny the first time. Maybe it'll be tolerated a couple of more times. But, you know, to continue to do that every day is just going to honk him off and ruin the information uh, distrib distribution process that all the other members of the media are looking for and needing from those uh, daily post-practice briefings. So, hey, uh, I'm not here to tell anybody how to do their job or anything, but I'm just telling you what, what's going to happen because he will get short and um, the Bert Loughton, the PR guy, uh, is going to uh, read that uh, situation, and then those things will become shorter and shorter and shorter. So, like I said, I I, I don't. Uh, I'm just telling you what's going to happen. Um, 
So we'll see if it continues. Well, he definitely had his uh, fair share of short answers during that scrum that we just listened to. And the last two questions that were thrown at him are, are perfect segues into what I wanted to talk about, and that's the the changes in the first team for the middle linebacker and the offensive line. Uh, let's start with the offensive line. Uh, the question was thrown at him. You know, Dotson's becoming more of a veteran now on that line. Have you sensed more of that uh, veteran presence and that kind of leadership from him? And Tomlin was very frank, and he said, no, I would not even go close to as far as what you're describing right there. Um, You saw Dotson go from the first team to the second team yesterday. Kendrick Green elevated to uh, first team reps with the offensive line. That's a legitimate position battle going on, huh? I mean, I know the quarterback thing is one thing, and that's what everybody has their eye on, but for my money, this might be the most intense battle that we see all camp. Um, You could be right, you know, and we'll see uh, – see it as it unfolds <clears throat> you know so oftentimes in a, especially in a training camp situation where you know Mike Tomlin continues to use the phrase team development team de- team development uh jobs are lost as often as they're won mm-hmm. and so uh I'm not saying that uh the the move you can either look at it as a promotion of Kendrick Green to the first team temporary, you know, as it is, or a demotion for Kevin Dotson to the second team. And we could very well be back, you know, the other way today. Um, But these guys are going to get opportunities to show what they can do uh, with the other first group. And, um, you know, also I think what we're going to see is, or what the coaches will be looking uh, for and at, will be how they then bounce back from a good or bad performance with the first group when then they're the, the second group the next day. Uh, you know, you can have a great day with the first group, and then they tell you, well, okay, uh, the other guy's going to be in that spot today. Well, then do you pout? Right. Or, you know, do you respond with you playing even better or just as well? You know, consistency of performance is what they're looking for. So... Um, you know, Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson are in a position battle, and uh, this is the way that these kinds of things normally are fleshed out. You you, you handle it on the field, and uh, so you know we'll see we'll see how it is uh, the the how the alignment the, the deployment works today, tomorrow, first day in pads, etc. Uh, because I don't think that it's going to be a short term thing. I would imagine that. Uh, unless, uh, and again, I would think that if a quick decision is going to be made, uh, one over the other, it's going to be, be be because of one guy losing the job. Okay. Uh, I don't know that a guard uh, in non-contact drills <laughs> uh, can show enough where you're going to make a move in the lineup as a result of that. You know, I, I would anticipate it probably will go into the preseason games because you want to see um, these guys succeed or fail uh, against uh, NFL competition that is not wearing the same kind of helmet as yourself. And, um, you know, Kendrick Green was a third-round draft pick. Kevin Dotson was a fourth-round draft pick. I mean, both both of those guys came here with a little bit of an expectation uh, that they can play. So uh, they're going to get a chance to show that they either can or can't and then that situation will kind of resolve itself. Uh, it's it's not so much that, as I said to start this, it's not so much that one guy wins the job over the other. Uh, it often is one guy loses the job to the other. So 
you could see it if they're both, you know, playing well in camp and no one's, you know, they're not looking at film later and just going, oh, this guy is just not checking any box. We can't have him in our starting lineup. You wouldn't be surprised if this battle continues to drag into the second, maybe even the third preseason game before they officially come out with the depth chart and have someone established at number one. Like, As long as they're doing okay, this could be a very, very long fight between the two. Yeah, and there's really no um, urgency, I don't think. True. Because, again, I don't want, I'm not trying to demean either player or what they're, the position that they're fighting for. But left guard is not quarterback. It's not like you need uh, a guy to be uh, settled um, so that there's a, a lot of, um, you know, in sync with the people around him. Because, again, it's not like one guy is participating and the other guy is not. Then you have a situation where, you know, you could be in a little bit of trouble if you suddenly decide you're going to go to the, the other guy. Uh, so if they continue to go back and forth, um, I don't think that there's very much danger in the sense that, well, we better pick a guy because we want them, you know, to get acclimated with the other people on the line. Well, he just played there yesterday. Um, and once you get into the season, you know, games are only once a week anyway. So during this camp process, I think you can afford to take time, go back and forth, on a daily basis, maybe, or maybe it turns out to be every couple of days or whatever. And I'll tell you another thing that's going to be significant is are who's available every day? Who practices? Okay, first day in pads. Boy, that's that's intense. Everybody's up for it. They're hitting. Right. Now, it's been a long offseason. We the want next... to kill somebody, right? Well, right. And then, okay, then the next day, do you come back and say, my shoulder hurts mm-hmm. or my hamstring's tight? You know, so... That's the, also the kind of thing, you know, do you fight through the little aches and pains that are inherent with the, the job and also the situation that you have at training camp, which is hitting every day? That's another factor. You know, um, you, you, you're, one of your best abilities up here better be availability. So there's a lot of factors involved, and so I agree with you. I think that this can go uh, weeks, weeks mm. uh, before a decision is made. Well, the other rotational uh, thing of note is on the defensive side of the ball, and that's at middle linebacker where Spillane on the 11-on-11 drills took the other spot opposite of Miles Jack, and that was the same in the practice-ending team drill with the first team unit where Spillane and Jack were your inside backers. Uh, Tomlin spoke about Spillane in that uh, conference that we heard with the media just recently saying, you know, this guy thinks the game so well. He's just a football junkie. Um, you've been around Tomlin his entire head coaching career in Pittsburgh. I've been watching as a fan and now transitioning into the media side of things. That's the kind of player that Tomlin loves more than anyone, is the guy that just thinks the game on a different level, and you can really tell that uh, his love for the game is overpowering. And him saying that that's starting to transition to his play on the field, you know, thinking the game really smart, making smart plays, uh, it's early. But it seems like there's some writing on the wall that Spillane is going to see a little bit more of a workload than we thought this year. It's possible. Uh, you know, I don't want to uh, bury Devin Bush here because he had a good when play, practice, like you said too, in seven right. shots, right? And he was with the first. He was with the first defense when when practice started. So it's. I think that the inside linebacker situation is more fluid within uh, a particular day's practice than the left guard thing is because the um, left guard thing, it was Kevin Dotson first team the whole way 
on the first day of uh, training camp. Then yesterday, it was Kendrick Green, first team left guard, the whole practice, second day of practice at training camp. The the Bush, um, Miles Jack, Spillane thing, that changes often from period to period within the same practice. You know, defense is a much more fluid situation with a lot of these uh, rotations, personnel groupings, because, you know, as soon as the offense comes out of multiple wide receivers, the defense will respond to that with its own personnel group. So um, I just, I just trying to explain this in a little bit more detail for fans because some people might hear this and think, well, they're giving up on Bush or Bush stinks. Or, that's not what I'm saying. Right. And that's not what you're seeing either because, you know, one of the things with Robert Spillane and, um, you know, obviously Mike Tomlin said some good things about him and all that stuff, but he is not um, a stud in coverage. Or let me say this, he has not been a stud in coverage. And uh, so you have to, he has to uh, improve in that area and the Steelers have to limit his exposure in that area because uh, as we talked about yesterday, um, he comes out on the field, uh, the guy up in the box for the other team calls down to the play caller and says, hey, 41's in the game, call a pass. Yep. <laughs> you know, so, you know, you can't have that. Um, so again, he made a nice play, a read, and an interception in 11-on-11 11 11 as Devin Bush, I think, uh, made a nice read. And uh, I guess that would have been a fumble recovery, not an interception. I don't know how they would have ruled it, but it was a takeaway nonetheless in my eyes. So, you know, both of these guys have to continue, you know, to improve themselves. But again, I think that what the uh, long-term forecast is at this particular position and at this particular rotation system is you want to have three guys who are more in a fluid situation throughout the game, then you're, you know, you're not going to be changing your left guard every other series. I mean, not that's, you don't want to do that anyway. We'll wrap up the training camp report. When we come back, we'll talk about the secondary having another good day uh, in day two of practice yesterday. We'll look ahead to day three and tell you fans about some things you can look forward to today and over the weekend at St. Vincent in Latrobe. That's all on the way next on the training camp report right here on SNR. This is the training camp report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Wrapping things up here on day three of the training camp report. Practice starts at 1.55 today at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Before we get into the secondary and some other notes to end the festivities here today, just wanted to make a note. If you're just waking up, tuning in now, or you missed the training camp report today, don't worry. We got you covered. You can go to Steelers.com, the nav menu at the very top of the webpage. There's three dots that you click on. It's right next to the word fans. Click on those three dots. A little drop-down bar comes down. You click on podcasts. Scroll all the way down. You'll see the training camp report. So even if you slept in a little bit, Labs, we got you covered. You can still catch all of this radio glory. Can I do that? Sleep in and then catch up with you later? Um, I haven't really been able to nail down the impersonation <laughs> of your voice yet. So give me like oh, another okay. week, and then I can do the show by myself playing both parts. <laughs> Does that work for you? Yeah, let me know. Yeah, let me make sure <laughs> make sure you get right back to me on that. Um, but yeah, it is it is a nice thing 
um, that, you know, these on SNR, uh, you know, you can archive things. I mean, it's not like real radio necessarily where, you know, if you miss it, you miss it. Um, so yeah, you can catch up. You can even go back and listen. If you really liked one, mm. um, you can listen to it again and again. <laughs> All day long if you wanted to. All day the- <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about the secondary before we, we got into some notes for the fans to wrap up and, you know, ended the session again yesterday with another turnover. That's two practices and two times ending the practice with a turnover. Uh, I have seen practices up close and personal the past two days. Uh, of course, you have a lot of passes broken up, it seems, a lot of interceptions. Is that just a matter of it's a lot harder to get your timing down and play offense than it is to, you know, step on the field and play defense when you start these camp sessions? Well, you know, um, it's one of those things where uh, in, in a training camp practice, you can either praise or criticize after every play. You're right. Tomlin you know, said something if, of that nature in his uh, his media scrum. That's right. Right. So, you know, um, as you started – with that, you know, talking about the uh, takeaways uh, by the secondary uh, in each of the last two practices, I thought you were going back to the quarterback stink <laughs> because you know that's the, that's one of the things I'm, I think that is a natural uh, process. You know, when you see an interception, do you praise the guy who made the interception or do you criticize the guy who threw it? So it goes both ways. Um, I, I just think that it's in a training camp setting, uh, especially with no hitting at all, it's much more difficult to play defense than offense. And so I would tend to uh, give props to the defense for taking the ball away. Um, others may not look at it that way. And hey, that's, you know, again, uh, tomato, tomato. Uh, however you want to approach it is uh, is fine with me. So uh, I would say that based on where we are right now, and if you look at the Steelers and try and project uh, what they're going to need to be when the season opens September 11th in Cincinnati, that a, uh, uh, a ball-hawking takeaway defense uh, would serve them very, very well because you got to assume that there's going to be a little bit of a – adaptation period for the offense new quarterback um and we're gonna have to see what the play calling is or what direction matt canada wants to go with the new quarterback and all those kinds of things uh and so you may have to rely on your defense to to close games end games like uh, the defense did these last couple of practices so i would uh at this point choose to um, approach it with a glass half full perspective, then, uh, boy, these quarterbacks are sure not looking very good. One thing that we need to make note of as well, Deontay Johnson for the second practice decided not to participate in the team portion of practice, went onto the sidelines and did some individual work. Uh, I kind of echo what you had to say on our training camp report yesterday, you know, you kind of really need that guy out there, um, not just for his own benefit, but you're working in new quarterbacks, you're working in a, a new offense. I mean, not completely new, but a lot of new elements to the Matt Canada offense now. Uh, you need who's going to potentially be your number one receiver, and statistically speaking, he was your number one receiver last year out there working and gelling with these guys. So I, I really do hope that that doesn't last much longer. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be fair to Deontay Johnson too, I mean, it's not like – 
he's saying, I mean, this was a discussion. It had to be. I don't know that for a fact, but I don't believe, I think it was a discussion with T.J. Watt. Uh, it was a discussion with Minka Fitzpatrick, only Minka's um, hold-in, as they're now known, only um, covered a little bit of the uh, off-season program. But, you know, Deontay Johnson does walk into Mike Tomlin's room, um, you know, at uh, 1.55 his practice, say, 1 o'clock, and say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to take part in team drills. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is something that I'm sure at some levels uh, included both uh, the coaching staff and GMO Marcon that, you know, this is going to be how we're going to proceed. And I'm sure that it would involve more than just Deontay Johnson, probably his agent as well. So, uh, you know, it's a business thing. Uh, and, <clears throat> and while it can be frustrating to fans and even some of the team, uh, and as I mentioned, I, I don't think it's necessarily the wisest um, a course of action for Deontay Johnson to take. Uh, this is something again, that is not a uh, solely his decision right. or uh, something that is done without, as I said, meetings and discussions so that everybody understands, you know, what's going to happen. So, um, but yes, he, he did not take part in team drills yesterday, but I'll tell you what, as, as I said yesterday about Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, working on um, on the side because he's on NF NFI list. Uh, Deontay Johnson is not sitting, uh, you know, around under a uh, uh, a tent sipping on Gatorade either. Uh, <laughs> he was on the field after uh, the practice ended for a long time. I mean, it was an Antonio Brown esque post practice um, session that he went through, catching balls, running, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, he's not on vacation up here. Um, just just to make it clearer uh, to, to listeners so that he doesn't come across as, I don't know, uh, you know, a villain uh, or a, uh, a budding um, problem uh, for the team moving forward. We're going to see how it, it works out. And as you said, uh, hopefully it gets resolved quickly so that, um, you know, he is able to try and integrate himself in with these new quarterbacks. Some fun things for fans that we wanted to remind you of before we wrap up and hand things off to Wolf and Starks here on Steelers Nation Radio. Uh, first padded practice, Monday, August 1st. So if you want to see the pads on and some real hitting, get up there Monday, August 1st for that. Uh, Hall of Honor. And I would bet. Oh, go ahead. I would bet, with, real quick, um, backs on backers, too, will be the first competitive Oof. period. That's, that's been a Mike Tomlin trademark, just like Bill Cowher's trademark was always goal line at Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Mike Tomlin's yeah. trademark is backs on backers right away, uh, tone-setting drill, first day at, uh, of camp in pads. Tomorrow at camp is a very exciting day. That is when the 2022 class of the Steelers Hall of Honor will be revealed. So definitely want to be in the stands for that. Uh, can you at least give us a hint on how many members will be in the class? Four. Four members will be going into the Hall of Honor. Yes. So yes. that's something to look forward to on Saturday. And today is Chris Hoke Day. He is your Steelers legend. 12 to 12.30, he will be taking pictures. Uh, you can chat him up, maybe get an autograph with um, Chris Hoke. Then from 12.30 to 1, he will be playing Madden with a member of the Pittsburgh Knights, the video game team here in Pittsburgh. He'll be playing against him. I believe his name is John Beast. Very, very great name and intimidating name to go up against. <laughs> And a couple of more updates on the list of uh, former Steelers who will be, oh, who will be participating in this. Uh, August 3rd, 
uh, which is a Wednesday, Rocky Blyer. And then August 18th, which is the last day of practice open to fans. Um, someone who act, uh, truly lives up to the billing of Steelers legend, Mel Blunt. Mm, some big heavy hitters uh, in the middle and end of August for you to go and get a photo op with. That's going to do it for us here on the training camp report for day three. Practice at 155 today for your Steelers. Wolf and Starks are up next in the locker room. This has been the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola right here on Steelers Nation Radio. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital. Rated R.